decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And we have some better things to do than your city. The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, is real. Today, we will play with Maryland Pride. He's gonna go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, oh What a play by Bias. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Hello, fellas. Gentlemen. I am so excited to be here to announce Maryland's new head coach, Hall of Famer Rick Pitino. It's a dream come true for me. I mean, frankly, I'm so excited about this. It's really hard for me to not just I know. You know, burst into a, a shower of fireworks. We have him joining us in about 30 minutes at 3.30. Right. <laughs> he will be announcing it live on IMS Radio. Yep. Cannot wait. Some alternate universe. In an alternate universe, this is actually happening. Right. Very nice that uh, very nice that uh, that Rick left the Italian restaurant early to come and, uh, and do a live shot with us to announce his... Uh, his new job. So we appreciate that. Yeah. I had a different joke I was going to start the show with. I was just going to talk about how exciting it was that the Maryland women are about to tip off. But, you know, I yeah. like yours. I like yours better. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely watching that and not, uh, not Villanova, Ohio State. I mean, it's the women in the tournament. They get to the Sweet 16 if they win today. It's pretty good. You know, I feel like maybe this year they go for a run. Every other year they're like overhyped and then they. Lose a little bit earlier than expected this year. They're a little more under the radar. Yeah. So, well, and and they make a run. And part of Brenda's problem is she's been so good. If she doesn't make the Sweet Sixteen, it's kind of like, what are you doing here? You know. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, you should watch. But if she doesn't win this kind of game, then, then what are we doing here? I watched a bit of the first round game. I did see. I didn't see the whole thing, but I saw. They were it was sort of they were up by like ten ish and went on a crazy run and went one like by like thirty. So I watched the the end of it. Yeah, they they were part of the problem with women's uh, basketball. I was just gonna say part of the problem with women's basketball is like the difference between the top, you know, fifteen twenty teams and everybody else is so stark. I mean, every one of those first round matchups is just an absolute bloodbath. 
Like yeah. it's, I don't know, I don't know why that is necessarily, but it seems like the talent disparity is just huge. Yeah, I was going to say I think they should only do thirty-two teams, but if they have that many, if they have the same amount of conferences, what I think they do, they're going to have. 20 teams already that automatically qualify that are those bad teams. So you can't really do only 32. You've got to do the 64. Yeah. So well, and I, th- I think I read somewhere too that um, from a business marketing perspective, um, like they're really doing well in terms of selling sponsorships and ad time and stuff. So good, good for them. I, yeah, there's not for what, it. This is what you all tuned in for, right? Yes. Yeah. What a, we have a pretty large live audience right now. Yeah, and they're all expecting us to be talking about something besides the women's team. I don't know what. That's the most exciting thing to me in Maryland sports right now. Is the, well, I mean, Larry, Larry you've got a know. yeah, you got I a roster know, breakdown, gonna, don't you? Uh, text alert to yeah. all of our subscribers. So the the and viewers, so 79, 79 right now. We need it's up over eighty. I see. Anyway, uh, we need wheels because the lacrosse team crushing it. The baseball team is crushing it. Both lacrosse teams. What's going on? It's been a pretty good, uh, pretty good, good uh, you know, little spring here for Maryland. Yeah, that's for sure. Make up for the fifteen and seventeen basketball team, the worst team since probation, I think. Probation years. First team that I really didn't watch a whole lot of yeah. in a long time. I mean, it's it's been a weird year, and I I was actually filling out my bracket, which is terrible as usual, but. This year I deserve to be terrible because I didn't watch hardly any college basketball in the ways that I used to. I mean, I was I was going through that thing and be like, boy, I have no idea whether this team's any good or not, but click. <laughs> we'll speaking, see. Speaking uh, of 70, 70, filling out your bracket, here's Paul Douglas. Is not oh, let's get this part. such bad shape. Well, there he is, tied for eighth. Oh, oh what the hell? But here's the problem. Your, ma- Your max points are not very high. If you sort of project- – sorry about my dog. He gets a little crazy when another dog – I'm in a different location. His name is Ghost. Stop it, Ghost. Sorry. Uh, let's scroll down, scroll down. Scroll down, scroll down. Jesus Christ, Jeff. How bad is it? Yeah, well – Fake news. Liberal media, fake news. And me too. Wait, wait. There's Lawrence France in 45th. <laughs> and I have I have two brackets. Oh. I do have one in 12th place. There's Jacob Ehrman. I didn't see. Where's your wife? She's in Indiana. I'm like, you Indiana. I'm like, you gotta. She's up near the top, bro. She's been killing it. It's unbelievable. We're sitting I'm telling you. And she's like, oh, I'm going to lose points on that. I'm going to drop to 12th. I'm like, are you shitting me? Like, I'm at the bottom, and this is like my perfect – I'm supposed to be an expert, and you're complaining about falling to like – Dana? Lynch. That's my nephew there. Yeah. Oh, there she is. That's, there she that's is. Max. Yeah, killing it. I think, the, I think the point okay. here is to just not pay attention to college basketball and then make uh, your picks. Uh, I study too long. I, I overthink, but I will say I think I have – Seven out of my elite eight left in all final fours. So. Maryland women up 9-3. I never sweat the early rounds unless you're losing Oops. your, you know, your big dogs early on. Yeah, I, I definitely. I, Indiana, I was like, dude, you got to consult with me before that. Like, you can't just be picking <laughs> a 12 seed to win it all without talking to me. All right. 
9-3 Maryland ladies. I'm going to stop sharing this stuff. We'll come back here. I will keep everybody updated because I know that is the foremost concern of everybody. That's why they're here. Yeah. That's why they're here. Every we're Maryland gonna, fan right now. We're going to break down that roster and uh, and some game trends, and, uh, and it'll be good. Yeah. yeah Diamond my, Miller. My, my, yeah. yeah. So, Jeff, you posted a pretty interesting story yesterday about some potential news at Maryland coming up in the next day or two. Yeah, I don't even think it's potential news anymore. I think it's a done deal. I mean, it is potential news because it's not official, right? But uh, it's pretty much been a done deal. I think for it could have been a done deal for all we know for like a month. You know, there's no telling. I Willard was a favorite from the start. You know, the day after the, the surgeon left when I put up my first coaching hot board, I had him as the favorite and I think he pretty much stayed that way throughout. There weren't a lot of like wild twists, like oh Rick Pitino. Well, there was a little, there was a little Rick Pitino rumor that popped up, you know. But uh, there was, was Bray weekend there. too. Yeah, Bray. Bray was it. That's the only time that I thought it might not be Willard is when there was a lot of Bray talk. I think Bray was in the mix to a decent extent, but. Um, it wasn't, you know, for a three-month coach, coaching search, it was definitely lacking the ups and downs and, you know, wild uh, turnarounds and rumors of this guy. That it, just, it wasn't that, you know, but great. Or, excuse me, Willard's going to be the guy, barring a huge surprise, and I think they'll announce it tomorrow or uh, Tuesday. The funny part is when the Bray rumors started happening, and I – he was one of the last choices for me. Like I did not want Bray because primarily because of his age and his decline over the last five years. Like it doesn't seem like he has the energy. Like Maryland's a program in need of a jolt of energy, and this seemed like the opposite of that. So I I did not want Bray at all. And then he goes. And now he's won two games in the tournament. <laughs> one was playing, but still he's won two Four. games. Four. Still alive. And then we start hearing Willard rumor. Oh, it's going to be Willard. And Willard comes out and has. One of the worst tournament games I maybe have ever seen a team play. It's not an exaggeration. 41 points. Awful, awful. Just the feeling watching well, that game. Is, Go ahead. This is going to look like I'm making excuses for him, and I, I'm not because that was a total dud. But I did get a text before the game saying that he was not from Willard, obviously, but from somebody who would know. Saying, uh-huh. Yeah, it was Willard. We know, Jeff. The players hearing all the uh, – talk and keeping them focused and stuff. And that happens in, in college sports. We've seen bowl games too, where, where players know that the you know football coach is going somewhere else and they lay I, an egg. But obviously it's not, you know, that's not an excuse. That was a horrendous showing. And, you know, he's, that's the question now. He's what, one in five, I think, in the NCAA tournament at Seton Hall. Yeah, but two things. One, I was going to make that comment about how we've seen other coaches. It's like the bowl game in reverse. Where Virginia Tech lost their coach couple players left, Seton Hall, Mr. Players. They come out and they try to psych themselves into it, but as soon as some bad things happen, it just snowballs. Like, that's exactly what happened to Virginia Tech. It happened in Maryland's favor in the football bowl game. Uh, but that's definitely what it looked like to me. Not, it's not an excuse. You guys know they're at the end of the line. Like, this is, you're not building towards the next step. As soon as that game's over, you're planning where you're going to be next, wondering where your coach is going to be next, and you know, it's a huge distraction, and, um, you know, they're not professional athletes. It's still the 
Man, would they score 44 points? Was it 42? 41, I think. Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> no, reminiscent actually in Seton Hall a couple years ago when they scored like 12 points in the game. That was that was really bad. A couple of their uh, Seton Hall was missing two of their best players and that Maryland to like 46 points. I have lost some video. Okay, you guys are back. I don't know what happened there. Hopefully, everyone can still. If you guys are having video problems in the chat, please let me know. I think it's back and it's good here. I wanted to give the pro-Willard argument. And I know some people are going to hate this because some people hate him. However, Jeff, you just mentioned he's 1-5 in in a tournament. He really should have had six tournaments in seven years. His best team was the COVID year. He didn't get that tournament. Should have had six teams in seven years. He's one in five at Seton Hall. And people are pointing to that as, a, as if it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's like Marv Levy and the Bills are awful because they're 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but they're 0-4 in the Super Bowl. If you go to Seton Hall's history, they have one very brief period where they were very good in the 80s with P.J. Carlissimo. I remember it very well. I watched. The, they made the championship game and lost to Michigan. I remember that game very well. They made the tournament six out of seven years. Besides that, they've made the tournament three times in their history. Three. So him being tournament six out of seven years, albeit losing in the tournament, he still got Seton Hall to the tournament in six out of seven years, which is like late years better than they've ever been, except for that one other brief period with P.J. Carlissimo, who is a Hall of Fame coach, it's not that's pretty good. If he's getting Seton Hall to play one or two levels above what they are, hopefully he can do the same thing at Maryland. Maryland's baseline yeah, right now. Doing, go ahead. He's doing it with like top two hundred kind of talent. The question is right. getting top two hundred talent because he's at Seton Hall or because that's the kind of recruiter he is. It's gotta be partially so that Seton Hall. Yeah. It's got to be at least partially no that. Partially. Yeah. No question it is. The question is how much. We come to Maryland and will he get top, you know, 10 classes, top 20? What, how is it going to transfer, you know, commensurate with the difference between Seton Hall and Maryland and the facilities you have at Maryland and everything else? Um, you know, the people who don't like the hire, which there are many, and this is a valid argument, is, you know, um, Seton Hall is still a Big East school, you know, like other guys win at schools like that. And that's the question. And there's no there's no concrete answer until we see it, you know. I hate to say it, but you got to give it a few years to see. Right, that's what I was going to say. If he's getting Seton Hall to play one to two levels above what they normally are, maybe that's all he is and he gets average and middling talent to play above their level. But if he's able to do that and translate it to Maryland – whose baseline is a marginal top 25 team in and out, around the 32 team about, averaging about one win per tournament under Turgeon. If he gets Maryland to play one or two levels above that, then now you're like a Sweet 16 Elite 8 type team. And maybe yeah, you have your run where you get to the um, Final Four. Does it translate like it did with Mick Cronin? Right, exactly. Going to the tournament, but losing almost in the first round every year, never pass the second year. And then you go to UCLA, bam, you go to the final four. I think he's going to go to the final four again this year. I've got to go, but you know, he's got a really good team. So does it have that, or is, he, is the guy he is now just who he is? Right. Of- he needs to be better than that. He can't just get to the tournament because that's 
what Turgeon did. He's got to be better than that. However, I do think he's a better in-game coach. I think he's a better motivator. I think he's fiery. And I think we will see teams that play with effort as opposed to the last 10 years, the teams that mimic Turgeon's personality that were very passive. And I think he's going to have chances to be Sweet 16 and beyond. I do. And I think he's going to win games in a Big Ten tournament. Is it still going to be enough? I don't know. I think he'll be better than Turgeon. It's not saying. I, I see, Go ahead, Paul. I was just going to say, if you're looking for positives here, I, I would say this much. I think for one – Part of it is his attitude. He's a Northeast guy. He's a fiery guy. I think he's going to be very much the opposite of Turgeon in that respect. I think he'll very much, quote unquote, win the press conference. I think a lot of people will feel better about him once they see him um, up there behind a microphone. Um, I think that it's not, you don't have to squint very hard to imagine him being, you know, Maryland being a force multiplier to his ability to coach basketball. I think he can coach basketball. His offense is garbage, so is Turgeon's. But his teams generally play tough defense. They play hard. He's been able to play with tempo at times. It does seem like he's the type of guy, if you look at the numbers, that he will match his offensive ideas and specificity with the guys and the players he has on the team, which was a lot of a kind of a thing that, that we didn't like about Turgeon. Uh, trying to hit a lot of, you know, this year, especially trying to talk about a lot of, you know, square pegs and round holes, that type of thing. Um, he has won a Big East tournament. So there is at least some, uh, you know, past success in single game elimination tournaments that matter. Um, and I was desperately trying to find these stats earlier, but during this whole coaching search, some genius on the Maryland.247sports.com uh, message board had listed the winning percentages of. Uh, Andy Anfield, uh, Kellen Willard, Kevin Willard, and Mark Turgeon against top 25, top 20, top 15, top 10 teams. And Willard was well above both of them in those situations. I believe winning games against top 25 teams at about a 40% clip, which for a guy who's probably not coaching a top 25 team very often is pretty good. So I imagine it'll lot be be a lot more about not being able to win big games, but maybe not losing games that you shouldn't lose because maybe your offense isn't good. I think with the recruiting, frankly, a place like Maryland is going to be a, a level up regardless. And I think if he gets the right assistant coaches that can get him in the right doors, a lot of closing players at Maryland is just going to be effort. I don't think Turge put in that effort after that the Dodson – Johnson class kind of fell apart on him and Mitchell twins and all that disaster a couple years ago. It seemed like he was done with high school kids. If Willard's willing to put in the effort and is willing to hire the right guys to get him in the door, I feel like he can probably fix that situation. And looking at some of the recruits that were not highly ranked recruits that he turned into, you know, first team big East level guys, I feel like gives you a pretty good idea about his ability to develop talent. So you put all that together. I don't think you have to squint very hard to see him being success here. Right. My hope is that a he doesn't get a ridiculous uh, contract that'll be hard to buy him out in three or four or five years if it's not working out. And b you just hold him to you know hold him to the same standard you'd hold Turgeon if you know if he gets us to a couple tournaments here and there but can't succeed. That's not no. good enough for him any right. more than enough for Turgeon. So right. I feel like as long as you hold the standard. Too. Sorry. Everybody wants to compare to Turgeon because he's not 
he's not one of the analytics, the young nerds or the hot up and coming guy. And he's not the other end. He's not Patino or Pearl and the proven guy, but he's still, that doesn't mean he's like Turgeon. They are similar in that the defensive minded coaches, and you could argue the tournament results, but he's a players run through the wall kind of guy. Like yeah. players absolutely love him. They develop and they play hard every second of every game with Turgeon. Not to bash him, but that wasn't the case we saw. All the slow starts and, and, and disappointing uh, performances. Not any coach is going to have a disappointing performance, but they're not the same guy. He's, he's got more of an edge. I think a little more of an East Coast. He even sounds a little bit like Gary Williams. He's got a similar New Jersey accent. Uh, so they're, they're, they're not the same guy at all. People want to kind of just pigeonhole them because they're, you know, white guys within the same range and not as – you know, splashy as some same age range, not as splashy as some of these others, but I don't think they're, you know, I think a lot of people are falsely, you know, combining them into one guy. Yeah, there's, have- a psych- there's a psychology to this, right? I mean, it, you know, if, if Maryland was coming off having hired a young gun that didn't work out, hiring a guy who had been fairly successful at a place like Seton Hall would look a lot and feel a lot better, like a safer bet. And I'm not sure Maryland fans right now want to go with a safe bet. Like, it feels like you just spent a decade trying to do that and you didn't really get a whole hell of a lot out of it. So um, I can certainly understand that. I, I, I'm not a – frankly, I don't hate the hire so much as I hate the process. I feel like you had three or four months to really kind of feel like what you wanted to do and where you wanted to go and you spend all this money and you know for some – freaking coaching search firm and you end up hiring any you know the same guy that anybody would have googled the moment that turgeon resigned slash was fired so but that's like liability and stuff like you kind of you have to do that you you don't have to do anything did florida didn't do that florida florida mike white rolled out they hired todd golden like two days later I mean, okay. you can do what you want. You and, can, but yeah. And, I, and, and maybe eventually Jeff and others might get some more details about who they actually looked at and whether they really, you know, shot their shot for some of the bigger names that were out there. But it, it feels really lazy to me. I mean, just as a process to just up and hire Willard if that was always your guy. You know, I don't know, but then we could be sitting. You don't need a search firm for that. He would have walked to Maryland for the job. Right. And, you know, it's it just. Grand. Yeah, it's just. For a search firm to hire a guy who you know, who you probably was the favorite at the beginning and you know would have taken the job at any point, seems. Uh, and then you wonder, yeah, I'll write more about that later. Yeah, I, I definitely, <laughs> I would like to my, hear. Save some of my bullets. I like. I would like to hear some of some of the backstory, and and if they, and if they went after Nate Oates and Musselman and guys like that, and were you know shown the door, fine. You know, I'm fine with that. I don't. I don't think they needed to necessarily go and try and pluck some analytics nerd, you know, a Medved or somebody like that. I don't know that that works here. Um, but at the same time, you just you really hope they put in some actual research and. Um, due diligence before just picking the obvious guy. I, I, I think that's, that's where I'd say it's his entire job to do that. Damon Evans, like think about Maryland. Maryland does not go big. Yeah, They're not SEC schools or even look at Xavier. Xavier said, "Fuck it, we'll bring Sean Miller back." Yeah, he's got this NCAA thing still over his head. He could get hammered because the NCAA thing hasn't been resolved yet. 
but they, you know, they're go big or go home. Maryland doesn't do the go big or go home. They don't want, I reported it early in the process, Daryl Pine, school president, was not going to sign off on anybody with any sort of warrants whatsoever. That takes out Patino, Pearl, Oates, Sean Miller. So Maryland doesn't do that SEC thing where you just roll the dice and say, screw it, take some guy with all kinds of questions, and if he doesn't work out, move on to the next one. Or like LSU keeping Will Wade coaching for like 10 years after he's obviously like the dirtiest coach in the country and it's clearly going to get the show paused and they just keep rolling with them, basically just give the middle finger. That's not Maryland. So you could – that's why when people start talking about Patino and Oates and all this from the start, I, I had my doubts. They didn't do it with uh, Mike Leach. Very similar thing. Could have gone big. High risk, high reward. They, did, they tried to do it with Sean Miller. They couldn't make that work. So they just are who they are, man. They're they're very cautious, and they're not. They don't have that SEC mindset of just going big. You know, it's it's not, it's not in their personality. We have a bunch of comments in the in the chat room. So let's go through some of these. Some of these are good, like questions and things. Uh, Willard was abysmal in that last game. I just don't see how he's an upgrade. He's basically disagreeing. I, I kind of feel like to some extent you can throw the last game out, but yeah, it's, it's awful. Look, of course, it's um, a bad look. Don't get me yeah, wrong. It's yeah, the worst look. Really bad. Really bad. Uh, round of 64 ain't our Super Bowl, Larry. That's in reference to my comment about comparing it to Marv Levy and the Bills losing the four Super Bowls. It's not Maryland's Super Bowl, but it is Seton Hall's Super Bowl. That's my point. They've been to three freaking tournaments in their history besides the one run with P.J. Carlismo, but even still was only nine. And he got the six and seven years. That's really, really good for them. That's all I'm saying. That's a positive. I'm presenting the positive argument for him. That's all I'm saying. I know there are question marks as well, and he's got to win. All that matters, if he comes in and he wins and he makes some runs in tournaments and he gets some titles – then that's it. That's all that matters, right? Right, and I th- and I think I think the negative to that is important. I think Maryland needs to hold him to the same standard that they held Mark Turgeon at the end. As long as if we're three or four years from now and he's not made a real dent, you know, college basketball is different. It's not football, right? You don't need four years to rebuild a program. You need like a year, maybe two, if we're being, you know, generous. Yeah. The transfer portals changed the whole thing. I mean, Willard himself, I think, had a, a, a team with like six transfers on it this year. So, yeah. like, he's not unfamiliar with that. If you if, if he can't make a dent in three or four years, you really have to consider moving on. That's all yeah. I'm asking. So, like, you yeah, know, so I'm the contract. Right. Yep. Start the contract. Don't give him one of these Maryland contracts that you give to every football and basketball coach where they have all the leverage and they're going to be around for 30 years no matter what happens. So, that's. That's the starting, which I would think they should have the leverage in the contract. I mean, it's a big step up for him. You know, I wouldn't think it would be one of these evergreen, you know, kind of deals that they hand out. Um, and then the other thing is about him, this is kind of unrelated, but he develops players. You know, the recruiting thing, we'll see. We'll see if it gets better, if it was limited by Seton Hall, or if he's just not a great recruiter. But he developed Miles Powell, who was the number 81 recruit into an All-American dominant player. And then the following year, he had the Sandro kid who's the Big East Player of the Year, and he had been the number 199 recruit. He had back-to-back Big East Players of the Year who were both not very highly rated recruits. And that's something people complained a lot about on the Turgeon, right? Like, these guys don't get better. 
which there was some truth to that. I mean, some guys did, but you didn't have some did. You sure didn't have, you didn't have number one hundred ninety nine recruits coming in and becoming the Big Ten Player of the Year. You didn't right. have that level. Let me go through some more right. of these comments. Grandmaster Man just is does not like anything I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we get it. We get it. You hate it. You hate my That's my comments as well. Okay. Uh, Base right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Adam said, Paul, the guys from the Seton Hall site said Willard is not really into recruiting because you made the recruiting comment. So we'll find that out, right? We'll, we'll find we'll, is it him or was it Seton Hall or a combination? And again, that's a thing that we'll know in a year, I would yeah. imagine. Like it's it's gonna be pretty quick whether he's gonna be able to close on some of those Baltimore towns that are coming down the line or those team Durant guys. Yeah, and if anybody else has any questions, throw them out here. We don't have much of an agenda. I have an agenda. It's got two words on it, Kevin Willard. That's it. So uh, if you guys want to send questions, we can, we'll can we answer them. Let's see. Tim Beyer, is he tough enough to handle the mean Maryland fans? It's a joke. I would say yes. I'd say he's way more Gary than Mark Turgeon, right? I think that's going to win people over, too. Everybody, yeah. yeah. It's no cliche like Turgeon, Midwestern guy, never got – that was a little overstated, but also – there's some truth there. Willard is much more of an East Coast Maryland fan style personality than Turgeon was. So I think people are going to think he's this blah uh, guy, blah shaved head, kind of like milit- militaristic guy. But he's got a little bit of a dry humor, and he's got that East Coast thing that you know Turgeon didn't have. Okay, Jeff, I think that was you who posted that. Why don't you tell everybody while you got almost 100 people watching? Help our Turks recruiting guru and friend of the site, Colby Jacobueno. So tell everybody. Yeah, Colby's, Colby's parents' house burned down in Baltimore. So we're doing a GoFundMe to help them out. Colby's a great guy, been a great asset to the site, provided lots of good coverage. So if you're able to. Is there a the link you can I post? I think I put it in the chat, but I don't think it. I think okay. Maybe, yeah, I just posted it again. We'll see if it goes. If not, it's on the inside scoop board. If you're yeah, go, go into the into the message board and you figure out how to help Colby and his family. Seth turns, I don't get how it's possible to be a top college basketball coach and run an abysmal offense. I, I mean. I mean, there's lots of guys who are good coaches who don't have high-flying offense. Right. So it's not, you know, look at the Ravens. They won the Super Bowl with no offense with Trent Dilford's. In the sports, sometimes you just—that's not your strength. But I will say, if the offense is as clunky as Turgeon's often was, then I won't blame anybody for complaining because we've seen enough of that for 11 years, right? He needs there needs to be, like the recruiting. You hope the recruiting is going to scale up. You hope the offensive uh, execution will also get better with better players. We have Jose Feliciano in the chat. If you can believe that. It's Jose Velasquez Feliciano. Probably not the same person. Definitely not the same person. But he asked, Jeff, is Noah Batchelor coming? Um, I think first, there's a good chance. First, he's a basketball recruit, right? A guard? Yeah, he's a local guy from Howard County. Um, was committed to Memphis. Decommitted a couple months ago. Uh, Greg Manning Jr., who's on the current Maryland staff, has been working on him hard. He's, he's actually done a really impressive job of continuing to recruit despite their lame duck status. So he's got, I mean, I think Bachelor wants to come. And I think if, um, if Willard wants him, assuming this gets done with Willard, then he definitely will. It would obviously help if Manning Jr. is retained because he's a connection there. But 
Uh, he's not like a he's not a five star or anything like that, but he's a nice solid six seven shooter. Got good length. He, he'd be a nice. You know, you need a lot of pieces right now. You can't be that picky. A lot of pieces. Get guys who can fill certain roles, especially shooters. Because how many shooters are there on the roster right now? I'm not sure there are any. Uh, so yeah, there's a good chance. Jeff, do you want to talk a bit about, um, the current roster and guys you think might still be, might be willing to stick it out because I think it's going to be important for Willard to at least have a bit of a core coming back from this current team. If, if, if he's going to be able to turn this thing around and do it quickly, um, I'm not sure what you've heard about that. Yeah, it is important. Like you can rebuild around the core and and the transfer portal, portal now and, Still compete in your first year, but you can't re- it's really hard to rebuild the core and the rest of the guys and compete right away. So obviously you want to have you know the main guys obviously are Dante Scott, Hakeem Hart, and Julian Reese. And I think they've got a good chance of keeping all three of those from what I've been told. I've been told all three of them want to come back. Uh, I think you know Dante Scott I think did an official visit to Keaton Hall as a high schooler, so that can't hurt knowing him. Um, but there's a good chance those guys come back. You never know today, especially NIL. You know, you could say Dante Scott will give you however much money to come, you know, play with us. And that's a whole different can of worms. Maryland is, is way behind on the NIL game. But uh, Shocker. Julian, yeah, Julian Reese is the one who I'd be really surprised if he left. His sister's there. The mom loves to come to the games and watch both of them. Uh, he's already got some good NIL stuff going in Maryland, so he's the one guy that I can't see going anywhere, uh, which is, he's arguably the most important guy, right? He's, he's your best talent. He's a big man, hard to find, top 50. You know, he's got a lot of potential. So long story short, I think there's a good chance that they could keep their two guys. But you'll, definitely, you'll definitely see some guys really Speaking. Play. Speaking of the women's team, they're up 33-29 with five. 49 to go in the first half, the second quarter. Ryan Tapas asked well, another question about the offense. If it was one of Evans' goal to hire someone with a dynamic offense, how does he explain Willard? But really, we already kind of talked about the offense, but Evans did list a bunch of criteria that doesn't seem to fit Willard, right? He did. So what, what about that? How did that – if he knew Willard was going to be the guy – why would he give that list of criteria and then? Because he's a politician and yeah. he's just saying some shit. I mean, if we're being if we're being brutally honest about it, that's that's why. I mean, that's part of his job is to just say some shit and then do some shit. And yeah. whether they combine, whether they actually congruent or not, doesn't matter because we're not the ones who are paying his check or hey, have any control over him. Hey, at least it wasn't good to great, right? That was even you know, just nothing compared to good to great from uh, Ralph to Edsel. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to do, right? Go from good to great? All right, Patrick yeah, Creed. I mean, we finally got it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Paul. What were you going to say? No, I was just saying, yeah, that's literally it, right? Yeah. I mean. Patrick Creed with the first pro Willard comment in the chat. Willard will be in the final four within the first four years. I hope you're right, Patrick. And then our man, Grand Masterman won. That's what? what Jeff Goodman said about Turgeon, wasn't it? He loved yeah. some Turgeon. Yeah, yeah, he was a big Turgeon guy at first. What is the legit best part of the Willard hire? I told you what I think it is, is that his ability to get a program at a certain level to play a couple of levels above where he was with recruits to get them to play levels above where they are. And if you translate that to Maryland, 
then they can and they he gets Maryland to play a level or two above what they are, then you've got something going on. That's my Yeah, yeah I mean Gotta hire the right guys. Gotta get the right guys. Have that one really solid guru coaching guy that Matt Brady was, you know, apparently filling the role of and get your recruiters in, get your relationships fixed in locally. I will say the local guys are still skeptical. I think a lot of them wanted to see Mike Gray or others. Everybody had their pet candidate who they want to see. A lot of them wanted Mike Jones from Virginia Tech, which is never happening. They weren't going to hire somebody who, who hasn't been a head coach before. So that's the biggest. You know, it all comes down to talent, so much of it anyway. It's not all. We see guys can look at Kentucky, obviously, the other day. It's not – but 90% of it is talent. So you got to – Recruit like Maryland has not recruited in a long time locally. Stop! It's such a cliche now. Football and basketball from around. Stop letting all these local guys get away. Paul, your best yeah. part. Of- I mean, I guess I guess it's it's more of a feeling, and and it's more that you know this is a still a fairly young guy who's got a lot of head coaching experience, who's finally getting his big shot at a. What 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 people I guess still think is a big basketball school, and I would expect that he's going to throw his entire life into this job, um, and I feel like we weren't getting that from Mark Turgeon. You know, Mark Turgeon is a good dad. <laughs> he's a good family guy. Like he he wanted to be home for family dinners and spend the weekends with his with his kids. Like Kill those him. are at yeah. I mean, those are admirable things, but like. You almost need to be this coaching psychopath to win at this level, and I kind of get the idea that, you know, Willard's going to be that type of guy. And, you know, like I said, as long as we hold him to the standard, we'll know in three or four years if he's that guy or not. And if he's not, you ax his ass and you go find somebody else. Yeah. I, I just, you know, this is not like a big deal to me, and I don't feel like it's such a, you know, such a, a, a deep shot that like there's a chance you know we could throw away the whole thing i feel like you give it a shot i don't i would be shocked if he just failed you know fell on his face and you know if it works it works and great you got potentially a lifer in his mid-40s if it doesn't work fire him and try again i mean i i just i don't have like the doom and gloom about it i mean i'd love to look at some of these other names but it is what it is so just hope it works now at least it's something new, right? You could not get more stale yeah. and more... Um, it had to change. ...more contentious than it was. And you're right. Win or lose, he's going to have the energy that they've been lacking. Yeah. In the last few years, he didn't have the energy anymore. It was very obvious. He should have agreed last year to take a job somewhere else. I've said that a million times. Because coming into this year, all it took was a couple body blows, and he was mentally done with yeah. the job. So you're not going to have that anymore in coaching or recruiting. You know, Turgeon, people who watch the practices, said the practices were kind of slow-paced. It was it was whatever the polar opposite of Gary Williams' practices were. Willard would be far more toward that Gary end of things. Not that he's necessarily the same, you know, tactician, but in terms of intensity, the push is going to be a lot different than it has been. Right. Two comments for Jeff in the chat room. Jeff has the best beard. And... Jeff, Clearly. Please, please get a headset and mic. Yeah. <laughs> Which we've been I, I, I have a mic. The mic's not put it. Does it sound 
Does it sound bad? Tell me in the chat. If no, no, don't, don't, don't do it right now. Let's, yeah, let, let's do it another time. Yeah, we we know how that goes. We're it's Sunday look. afternoon. <laughs> Fuck you guys, man. I should be upstairs watching basketball right. and drinking some beers. I'm down here trying to talk about Kevin Willard. Like, leave me alone. My bracket, man. I got to be watching these games. I need many comments about the assistants. What assistants are tied to Willard? Uh, is is he gonna? Is Ev- can Evans require certain assistants? For example, Dwayne Simpkins, which you mentioned. I'm a huge advocate of Dwayne. I love Dwayne Simpkins. Uh, and then even a comment about Taj Holden as potential assistant and because of his uh, the kids at his school and, and that type of thing. So comments on the assistants, Jeff. Um, so I think, you know, this is some inside stuff that I'm going to be publishing tomorrow, but I'll, I'll show a little leg. Uh, Grant, Grant Billmeyer is his lead guy at Seton Hall, very highly regarded former Seton Hall player. He's known as a big man developer. He was voted in, he came in number two in a vote of the Big East best assistants uh, a couple years ago. I'll be shocked if he doesn't come along. After that, I have a long list. I got a list of 10 guys who all will be under consideration for different reasons, including being obviously a main one. Taj Holden, I'd love to see him come back. Nobody, you know, in terms of how many former players who won a national championship are posting on our message board and that into every development. I mean, he is 100% Maryland guy. Um, you know, he's not coaching in college right now. He's a high school coach, but sometimes it's tough. To make that jump, maybe maybe you get him in as a director of basketball operations. He'd be amazing if that in that job if he wanted to take it. You know, I know he's got a new baby or family in New Jersey, so we'll see. But they, you know, they there's no question there are going to be a lot of guys who want the job there. And I think outside of Bill Meyer, who I would do unless he gets a head coaching opportunity, uh, the other two spots could you know might still be open right now. But I'm, I think he's got at least one guy in mind that I'll have. To, I'll have a great time on that. Okay, sounds good. Kevin Litz asked, do you know if Gary supported this hire? I think Gary likes Willard. I think he wanted Patino. That would have been his guy. But um, I think he likes, uh, you know, how could he not like Willard? They're very similar guys. They're Jersey intense, Jersey guys, grinders. So from what I've heard, he likes them. But I think I think Patino was probably his top choice. Gary's... Me too. You know, he's not he's not young anymore. He's expressed that he desperately wants to see them get back to being winning a national championship while he can still watch it. So he wanted yeah. to go he wanted to go big. You know, he's he used to be very anti anything, you know, anti AAU or any sort of shenanigans. Now he's like, screw it, it's the NIL era, he said, you know, so he's he's got a very different view on that than he used to. But, you know, long story short, I think he likes really. If you um if you listen to Gary and Naki and their their podcast the I think it's the DC DC coaches podcast or, or something like that great, great um they did a they did an interview with Willard last year so if you look through their stuff um, hey, stop I'm transcribing that stop oh, all fuck. All right. nobody look at you can read you can read it tomorrow. Well, you can listen to it, then you can click on Jeff's article to make him happy. How about that? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Wait, no, 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 go ahead, Paul. What, 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 <laughs> no, what it was it was just I know they had Willard on the on the show. Uh, I think one of their episodes last year, and um and and they did kind of go over Willard's style and the way he thinks about coaching, and and it seemed like they were pretty positive with him. So I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they were they were pretty positive about the development, but um 
knowing that Gary wanted Patino is is gonna stick in in the old craw a little bit. I'd be I'd be curious. I'd just be curious whether Evans kicked those tires or not because. It does seem like Patino might just be like, F it, I just want to sit on this golf course and coach basketball part-time and live out the rest of his days. I, I don't know. but I think um, if they, my, my gut says if they had gone after him, they would have had a real chance. To just, again, Daryl Pines, that's what it was. He wasn't going to sign off on anything uh, with any sort of baggage. and So, no, I don't think they ever seriously went after him. And, and the thing is, you know, the other thing is, why wasn't Gary involved in the search? You know, throughout at the very beginning, it was made to be it was kind of a big deal. He's going to be involved. Gary said it. I think Damon Evans said it, and then he was. I think he was basically cut out of it, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I think some other stakeholders in the program, very big boosters, uh, national personalities who are very, um, very loud or, or very open about their Maryland support. I don't think any of them were involved at all. It was, there's a tight little circle, Damon Evans, the search firm, Daryl Pines, and maybe a few people who work closely with them at Maryland, and that was it. So you wonder why that strategy was taken and how it could backfire. I mean, these people who love Maryland basketball, they're still going to come back around, but you wonder if you'll get the kind of support moving forward that you would have gotten if you had included them in the process. And then you also wonder if that strategy was if you're going to take a strategy where you're not going to include all these important people, how long are you planning on staying in Maryland? It, it might, it might give a little, um, it might be a tell about some of these future plans if you're going to not worry about alienating those kind of supporters. Well, let's talk about the politics real quick, just for a second, because I think that's important. Um, it worries me a bit. I had, I had said from the beginning of this, I thought Damon Evans' ego would save us from making a bad hire. I thought that that his ego and his ability to build his resume would align with us hiring the best possible coach. And it worries me that the two guys, it seems like he settled on at the end, were two guys who were guys he could coach steal from P5 programs. Maybe not necessarily the best possible candidates, but guys that he could put on the, hey, I coach stole a guy from the Big East, or I coach stole a guy from ACC. That worries me um, that maybe there were other things at heart. It also concerns me a bit that they did not try to get, you know, the fog guys, the, you know, the, the, the kind of gray hairs out there a little more involved, if not only so that if you're going to go with the guy like Willard, you sell that group on him so that he's got some backing if and when he needs it you know you need a little bit of money for this you need to finish up the practice facility you need a little extra money for an assistant coach that you want that type of thing getting the buy-in from those types of guys is very important they're important yeah. stakeholders now, you, now maybe you go to them for money and they say f you you, you cut me out of the front yeah you did your own thing people love to make the harvey sanders jokes because a few years ago it came out that he was kind of the guy who's number one booster and very close to Turgeon and they make these jokes but the guy has, has poured more energy and effort and money into Maryland basketball than you believe he was the driving force behind getting this practice facility done and he wasn't even so he's like the known probably most known booster. he wasn't even from what I've been told he wasn't even involved in the process at all so that's yeah I mean there's a very fine line 
Yeah, I'm just saying there's a very fine line between like having an, an organized, you know, kind of pointed search with a small group of people making important decisions, but there's also the idea you want to get buy-in from the people that matter. And there are a lot of people out there that matter that are not feeling like their voices were heard. And that's the type of thing that can come back and bite you. So we'll we'll see. I don't think honest quite honestly, I don't think Kevin Plank was even really involved. Yeah. They did they did end up with two Under Armour guys as the last two though. It's it's worth noting. Let's do a couple more in the chat. Let's answer them quick because we're running out of time. So Jeff, quick one hitter on Tyrell Ward from Patrick Creed. He says, Ward has decommitted from Xavier. I didn't even know that. That's great. He can win people over a DMV commit immediately. Any chance of Tyrell Ward from Paul's alma mater, DeMatha, somewhere in the top 40, 30, 35th ranked or something like yeah. recruiting the country? Any chance, Jeff? Yeah, they wanted him badly the first time. I think they were probably the runner-up. question there is um, Sean Miller now at Xavier. Can he bring him back in? You know, Typically, you would think that a guy like that is gone for sure, but Sean Miller's a damn good recruiter. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sure Maryland will definitely take a swing at it. It's hard to say what their chances are yet because I don't know who the assistants are going to be, and those sort of connections are what gets that thing done. But, yeah. I know I know a certain assistant that might be able to help with that. Me too. Me too. I posted a thread about it on the board. Let's go. Just throwing that out there. Me too. <laughs> All right. Paul, you answer this one. Does the bald head give you more confidence in the man? I feel like I feel like bald energy is a real thing. Like I feel like it's kind of like short guy energy, and he's got a little yeah. bit of both. So like, you know, I'm 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 hopeful. I'm hopeful that's at least like one of those kind of, you know, intangibles that we can we can count on. Okay, last one, and this is kind of a good one to end on. Jeff, maybe you can answer. Well, I lost it because I was scrolling. Oh, it's from Phil. Phil. Okay. Is there something we can do as fans to make our NIL situation less embarrassing? Get on TC's case or fast breakers, etc. I don't think the Terrapin Club is the way to go, quite honestly, Dave. Uh, they failed to build the donor base for years. It's got to be separate outside of them, some sort of collective. Uh, you, can't, you can't win big right now without that. I don't think the fans can necessarily do it themselves. I think somebody needs to build that uh, that mechanism, build the build the whole organizational structure of it to where you know basically you're just paying players. I mean, it's, it's funny because you see all these. This guy got nil. He got like I've heard players from very good sources. This guy got four hundred thousand nil. You never see the output on the other end though. Like it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to be pay for play. According to the NCAA, they have to the players have to provide something of market value for the money, but you never see outside of the real mainstream, like Bryce Young getting a million dollars from Mercedes Benz or whatever on the lower level, the mid level, you never see that output. So it seems like it's just basically the wild, wild West. Uh, so yeah, you can't, you can't compete right now until you get that together. I don't think the fans will be able to do it themselves. And that's another thing, Damon Evans and, and Maryland, you know, they're, um, administration have to address it right now i think that they're they're behind the curve there is a a group um i i assume it's a group of donors that started some sort of llc or or something yeah um and i 
I can't remember what it's called. Um, the Fertile NIL. Yeah, and there you go. They're doing their, they're, and they're trying hard, but it's just literally a few guys, like three yeah. guys. I'm not going to say how much money they have. They put some money into it. It, it pales in comparison to what you see at, at any of these SEC schools and these other powerhouses. But they, they are trying, so eventually that's going to have to happen. Okay, guys, everybody, a lot of people in the chat room, do us a favor. Please give us a follow on YouTube. The magic number for us is 1,000 subscribers. Right now we're at a little under 300, I forget, 290-something. If we get to 1,000, it changes some of the things we can do. Uh, so please give us a follow. Everybody watching, please do us that favor. I think most of you all registered on YouTube. So if you give us a follow, that would be much appreciated. Let's... I have a true or false for you guys to end the show. Yep. I will read a statement. You guys will say true or false and expound upon it. Start with Jeff. Kevin Willard will have a better career at Maryland than Mark Turgeon did. Yeah, I'm going to say true. I think he's young, he's got more energy. Um, you know, Turgeon was, Turgeon was not bad, but he's really not the guy. Um, and realistically, you only need one, one or two March Madness runs because that's what people care about to be better than Turgeon, unless you're just finishing like ninth in the standings the rest of the way. As long as you're respectable, the postseason, that's not a high barrier right there. So I'll say true. Okay. Paul, the negative reaction from a portion of the fan base is warranted. I think that's true. I think Maryland should be second to nobody in terms of their expectations and in terms of the the investments they should be willing to make in Maryland basketball. The 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 little audiogram that I have from the show two years ago about how if Maryland's not going to spend money on basketball, what's the fucking point of having an athletic department? It still rings true, and it's the reason it's still there. Um, I still completely believe in that. That said, I just don't think this necessarily makes this a fail of a hire. It would just bum me out if they didn't really take a shot at the marquee guys. Shoot your shot. And if they don't want to come, that's fine. But, you know, don't act like you're just, you know, we're a bargain basement program. That's not, that's not how this works. Maryland women up 47-39 at halftime, for all of you interested. Ohio State down 11 at halftime to Villanova, if you guys care about other Big Ten teams. Okay, Jeff, next one. The current players in the rotation who are not graduating will stay on the team. Um, yeah, I think that's true. I don't think many of them – I mean, somebody's bound to leave, but I think most of the guys who leave – it's a small rotation, so. <laughs> small rotation, yeah. It's, it's not a lot of guys, especially with with Ayala and Pats being out of eligibility, unless Ayala were to take that COVID year. Which I don't think that's likely. Uh, I think most of them will be back. You never know if maybe he lets the guy know that you're not in my plans. But the rotation guys, I think they'll mostly be back. Okay, Paul. Next year's team will have enough talent to get to the tournament. I think that's true. I think Willard has shown that he's been able to hit the transfer market pretty hard. There have been some rumors about some potential guys he might bring along, um, some players that are out there who might be gettable. And I think if you have, you know, if we're assuming that there would be a base of a Dante Scott, Hakeem Hart, um, 
uh, shit, who's the third one? Um, Non-Philly guy. Juju uh, and potentially Martinez, potentially Cornish. That's a decent... Yeah, Wahab. Like, that's a pretty decent core to kind of, you know, bring in three or four guys who can contribute. And I don't know that they're going to make the tournament, but I would think there'd be enough talent to at least get yourself on the bubble. And I think that'd be a pretty good first year. And maybe even more important, get some young studs. So the following years, you can... You can really make those runs. Yeah. Jeff, the coaching search has been very good for Inside Maryland Sports. It's been pretty good. Like, <laughs> it's very rare to have a coaching search that lasts four years like this. Good. Um, I will say it hasn't been as good as it would have been if, like, there was real Patino, Bruce Pearl, the real sexy names involved. That, that would have put us over the top. But, yeah, I mean. In this business, there's nothing better than a coaching search. So, yeah, it's been, been pretty good. But, you know, that only lasts so long if if everyone's disappointed in the results. So what matters now is getting people back on board because I've never seen this much apathy for Maryland basketball in 30 years. Yeah, me too. I, I feel it. All right, last one. Paul, Maryland is a football school now. They've never been a football school. They'll never be a football school. It's just, it's an attitude. It's not results. It's not, you know, money spent on facilities. It's, it's what drives you and what drives your, your fans. And Maryland's never going to be a football school. They're a basketball school. They can hire a bunch of failure coaches who will do nothing but lose the next 30 years. They'll still be a basketball school. It's just the way it is. Okay. Seen a lot of people post that on the board. That's why. I, I think a lot of it's just sadness, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that you know when you're willing to throw two hundred million dollars at football, and then you know you're going to hire the coach from Seton Hall, it's you know it, it's it's not it's not particularly uh, parallel to maybe what your financial value should be at a school like this, but questionable. You know, yeah, I mean, we you know you you, you go with the you. <laughs> You go to war with the army you're got and uh, not the one that you want. And maybe we're Russia going to Ukraine right now. I don't know. But um, it is what it is. I mean, Maryland's always going to be a basketball school. You can't change that culture. It's just just not ever going to feel like a, a real football culture here because of all the pro sports and all the, all the things we've always talked about a million times. Yeah. Probably right. I, I'm definitely more football than basketball. But yeah, I love fo- I love Maryland football more you know as much as anything in, in fortunately in my life. Um, but uh, it, we're not a football school. It's we're never no. Maryland football. football. Maryland football's got to kick ass for a little while. Get a lot of people talking and worrying and speculating. Maryland basketball, it doesn't matter. They're going to be talking and speculating and highly interested. That's the difference between the two. It's cultural. It's just a. It's just. It's just a basketball area. It's a basketball school. One more comment in the chat that I thought was pretty good from Patrick Creed. Hey, guys, let's get behind Willard and support our program. Give him a chance, Fear the Turtle. I agree. That's why I'm presenting the positive side. You guys, it's my reputation from nine years on this show. I'm always trying to look at the positive, and that's what I'm doing right now. I mean, there's no, there's no point whining at this point. It's done. It's over. Hope, you know, again, if you were against this hire, great. Fine. Just hope you're wrong. Right? Yeah. I mean, 
It's not like, you know, oh, you, I want to win the message board points for being against this hire from the get-go. There is some Kevin, of that. Right, rather than Kevin Wheeler just, like, being good, right? Wouldn't you rather just him be good in the end and you be wrong? I certainly would. It's not purgatory anymore. At least you have some hope. Yeah. At least maybe I, we'll just win or lose enough where, you know, we can make an easy decision. Like, that would be nice, I think. It's definitely kind of part of the message board culture is – the people make statements and get in arguments and stuff like that, and then they become locked into their opinions, and they end up in situations where you're <laughs> rooting against your own team because you've made a prediction, or you don't like a coach, or what have you. And, uh, you know, I think that happens a lot in message board culture, or just yeah, like a sports. Of, a lot of ego tied up in this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I, that, I don't have that in me. I, and probably to a fault. I am always looking on the positive side of things for as long as I possibly Lorenzo can. Oh. <laughs> what was that? I didn't say Lorenzo Harrison. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was you know that was you know that was just me being silly. Just like our current bet of the roster from last year, our current bet is going to take four or five years to play out. At least twenty players from that roster make. At least an NFL uh, what do you, game day roster, right? Is no, that, no, the uh, practice squad. At least an NFL practice okay. squad. Twenty guys. Yes, I'm sure. At least twenty will attend an NFL game. Will attend an NFL game? It'll be more than that. Attend. That 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 bet gets you a, gets you a pack of gum or something. That, that doesn't get you the scotch. <laughs> All right. Good show, guys. Great chat room today. Tons of feedback and questions and some good jokes in there at our expense, which we always like, especially when they're at Jeff's expense. That's the best part. Anything else before we go, guys? Jeff, when are they going to announce? How about that? Have we said that yet? I have been told um, the plan was tomorrow was, was Monday, but you know, as we record this Sunday mm-hmm. evening, there's been no announcement. Usually you need to give people, media, some time to, to plan and get there. So maybe Tuesday, but still possibly Monday. Barring any sort of last-minute, you know, contractual or other issues. All right. Good show, guys. Everybody watching, as soon as we end this show, go turn on the women's team. Support them in the second half. Watch them make the Sweet 16. They deserve your support as well. Right, Paul? Sure. Paul. Come on, man. All right. Well, I mean, I, 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 I hope, I hope she wins Natty's, man. I just, that's not my thing. All right, we'll try to get this loaded up, the audio podcast, as soon as possible. Thank you, guys. This is IMS Radio.